Episode 45 of the Photon Podcast. This time we're going to break down stereotypes. Sarah Tibbetts, Kilo Delta 2, Golf Tango Mike coming up. MTCRadio.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast. Found online at photonpodcast.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Yeah, welcome into the Photime Podcast. It's the podcast for the new guys in amateur radio. Maybe you're not a new guy. Maybe you just enjoy the show. We'll let everyone in and invite you to invite your friends to check out the podcast if they haven't heard about it. We go at the amateur radio hobby from a new guy's perspective, but we also uh, we also dip in some pretty deep subjects. So we welcome all folks in to give us a listen, and we appreciate you being here with us. Now, my name's Kale. I'm the host of the program. My call is Kilo for Charlie. Delta November. I'm from the upstate of South Carolina and totally appreciate you being here. And we appreciate folks like Maine Trading Company, our show sponsor that's been here with us since before day one. Yeah, actually, they were here before the podcast really existed. So we got to always give them a big shout out and a big thank you for participating with us and offering that great customer service and awesome pricing that they always do. Now, this show is uh, it's not a departure. It's another great program. But we're going we're gonna to look at things a little differently. We're going to look at things from a lady's perspective this time. We've got our very first female guest coming up. Her name is Sarah Tibbetts. Sarah is a new amateur radio operator, general class licensee. She's a DX chaser, and she's also a video blogger. You call that a vlog nowadays, if you didn't know. V-L-O-G. She does a vlog on YouTube. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about her, her perceptions of the hobby, the, per, the hobby's perceptions of her, and how... She's working to break down stereotypical uh, restraints, for a lack of a better term there, and in this great hobby that you and I and all of us really genuinely adore. We'll get to her in just a couple of minutes, but right now, let's hear this. This portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by ICOM America from mtcradio.com. Now, we all know that ICOM makes some fabulous gear. That's why they're considered one of the big three. But did you know that you could buy discounted ICOM gear from mtcradio.com. Yeah, they offer repack gear. And one of my favorite deals going right now is the IC2300 single band VHF transceiver. Built to military standards, it's a great rig. And right now, you can buy it repacked from mtcradio.com for $139. It's a great deal on an awesome radio. If you're looking for a single bander, check it out. ICOM America at mtcradio.com. All right, so uh, here we are uh, as a guest, a new guest on the program, uh, our first female guest to the program, and our first active college student on the program. We want to welcome in Sarah Tibbetts, Kilo Delta Two Golf Tango Mary. Sarah, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. Well, we really appreciate you coming on with us. And at pretty quick notice, it was just a few days ago we began this conversation to have you on the show. But guys, I found Sarah on Twitter. I don't really remember how long ago it was, but it was quite a while. And her her uh, avatar really caught my eye. Now, it's it's pink, and it has some rhinestones. I guess you would call it bedazzled, maybe? Is that, can we describe it that way? Yeah, definitely some bedazzlement and a lot of glitter. Yeah, yeah. And it's her call. So you've got Kilo Delta 2 Golf Tango Mike in pink and black. So it's very girly. And it just it, it draws your eye. When you see it on Twitter, you're, you're going to go there to look at it. So 
I saw her uh, not long after she got licensed and began following her on Twitter. And then I, I, I kind of forgot about her, honestly, because she said due to school and whatnot, she kind of she kind of got she kind of took time away from Twitter to concentrate on her studies. And uh, she, she came back and she came back with a video blog. Now, that's called a vlog, which is kind of a weird word, but it is 2016. So here we are. You're vlogging yeah. now about your amateur radio experience and that. Uh, it's what reminded me of you, and I wanted to get you on the program, of course, to introduce our listeners to you and then allow you to to share with us about what's going on in the hobby with you right now. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Sarah, if you will, and uh, we want to get to know you better. Okay. Yeah, sure. So I'm Sarah. Um, I am currently a student at Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester, New York. I'm studying computer engineering, and I'm a third year. Uh, what's neat about RIT is that engineering is a five-year program because it required co-op. So right now I'm actually working full-time on co-op instead of taking classes. Nice. Um, I got involved in amateur radio in college um, because a lot of the friends that I were making, they were involved and knew a lot about it. And so that kind of piqued my interest. And that's where I started. And now here I am. It was peer pressure. Well, a little bit, yes. <laughs> well, I'm teaching but, my preteen about peer pressure, and I'll have to tell him, watch out for the peer pressure on ham radio. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of people had it. It was all my guy friends, and I was like, you know, I, I can do this too. And I really wanted to show them that I could get involved in the hobby too. And then I found that I actually found it really interesting and went further than I ever thought that I would. It's kind of magic, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we talk about the magic of ham radio a lot here on the program, and it's really hard to describe it any other way except magic because it's just the way it works and the way it is. So that's awesome. A, a, a student in Rochester, and here's the funny thing. I just have, I've just done some trading with an amateur in Rochester. I've got a new dual band radio, and he has a new single band radio. So we did a swap, and I just shipped it to Rochester last week. So how about that? We've had a connection before we got on the air here. Yeah, that's very interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, and it's been 70 degrees today. And Are you guys still cool up that way, or have you warmed up any? Actually, uh, it got really warm. It was in the 50s today, which is very, very abnormal for up here. Yeah, yeah, the weather's been very strange of late. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that, that amateur, radios amateur radio operators participate with is the weather and whatnot. But we're not here to talk about weather. That's what we talk about on the two-meter repeater. Let's talk about Sarah. Sarah, tell us a little bit about you, you found you made friends in your engineering studies, and they were amateur radio operators, and they wanted, and you decided to show them that, hey, I can be involved in this uh, it, was it a girl power thing, or was it just, hey, I can, this is kind of neat. I want to talk to you guys, too. I think it was a bit of both. Um, I actually went to an all-girls high school, and so I, I was very much raised in the, you know, you're a girl, you can do everything the guys can do, and being in engineering has really tested that. But um, so that definitely pushed me. I, I wanted to, you know, show that I can get involved in this, even though, you know, a lot of these guys have a lot more experience in electronics and things like that, that, you know, I, I could join it. I could take the hobby and really make it my own as well. And so once I looked into it, that's when I got really interested in it and found particularly I like DXing, which was something that a lot of my friends don't really do. Um and just saw how interesting it was and all the different things that you can do and exchanging QSL cards and really, really wanted to get involved. So that encouraged me to get my license. And, you know, since I wanted to do DXing, eventually get my general. 
so that I could participate. Fantastic. I've got to tell you, I don't know if you participate on Facebook or not, but just the other day, I posted uh, a link to your first episode of your vlog where you describe your station and your gear that you have. And in, in the comments, I said, she's, she, she's a self-professed cheap college student, and she still didn't buy the Chinese radio. I, I wasn't... I wasn't making folks aware of the fact that you skipped. Well, I was telling them that you skipped the cheap Chinese radio, but I thought it was kind of comical that you called yourself cheap, but then you did not cheap out when you decided to purchase some gear. And it, it really caused a lot of folks to perk up, and you've probably got some viewers for that now. But I think it's really cool that you're taking time to spend time with folks who may be interested. I mean, your Twitter handle is your call sign, but your description on Twitter is you're out there, you're working to break the, uh, oh, the, the term just left me and, and I can't see it in front of me right now, but yeah, you're, you're an operator breaking the stereotype. And, uh, as a guy who has grown up in the South and views himself, of course, as a rebel and, and, and out here doing this podcast with the very, with the worst name ever for an amateur radio podcast, I can appreciate breaking stereotypes. So tell us a little bit about uh, the stereotypes that you've seen since you've been in amateur radio and, and what you're doing to kind of counter those. Okay. So um, I would definitely say I've experienced some stereotypes. Uh, for instance, actually, I went to take my test in New Jersey, which is where I'm from. And I walked in. It was at some library. I'd never been there before. You know, went into the room and then uh, there was obviously the, the hams there that were administering the test. And they, they looked at me and they're like, are you in the right place? I was like, yes, yes, I am. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and then I, you know, I took the test and I, I scored really well, or so they told me, and they, they looked surprised. And I was like, well, why? <laughs> why are you surprised? Um, so I've definitely seen things like that, even at Hamfest. Um, uh, I've gone to quite a few Hamfests, and a lot of times I'll bring my boyfriend. And for a while, my boyfriend was not licensed. Mm. But they would always look at me and be like, oh, you need a ticket too? And I was like, the ticket's for me, not him. <laughs> so uh, there's definitely been the stereotypes. And I, I don't think anyone means it in a negative way at all. Um, it's just, you know, when you think of a ham radio operator, you, I mean, we joke about it all the time in K2GXT, which is the amateur radio club on my campus. You think of an older man with cats and you know I don't fit that description and that's okay um so I really have been trying to kind of get other people involved and what's neat about Rochester is because we have the technical school we actually have quite a large younger ham population and um it's, it's been really cool kind of working with them because we can do a lot of things that you know interest us that might not interest other people or when, you know, I go home, I don't really have that community there. So it's been really great to just work with the younger generation of hams and kind of, you know, make our mark on the ham community as well. Fantastic. You know, here on the show, we've, we've talked about on numerous occasions, how can we connect with the younger generation? What can we do? Do we go after the makers? Do we go after the guys, uh, you know, that are, that are playing single person shooters or something? So it, it's really awesome to see, uh, a college embrace uh, the community embrace amateur radio there. And at the same time, 
uh, young ladies participating in the hobby as well. You know, going back, it reminded me, uh, when I tested for my general upgrade, there were two 13-year-old twins, females, that were there testing, and they passed for their technician as well. I had forgotten about that until you mentioned it just a moment ago. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. And I've really been seeing a lot of females and younger people joining up here in Rochester. And I think largely it's because they're meeting other people that are involved. Um, Either that, like up here, what we've noticed is you have two kinds of hams. You have the people that got into amateur radio because they had parents involved in it or people whose friends were in it. It was always from another person. And since we have such a large community, it really helps for us to bring other people in because, you know, if all your friends are in it, a lot of people want to get involved. And uh, our amateur radio club up here at Rochester Amateur Radio Club is really, really good about catering to the younger the younger generation. That's fantastic. And I want to talk about that here in just a second. We're going to go to break and come back in just a moment with us for the first time ever. And I don't think it'll be the last. It's Sarah Tibbetts, Kilo Delta two golf tango. Mike, our special guest this time through on the photo time podcast. It's getting really close. If you're unaware, bridgecomsystems.com, One of our sponsors here, the photo time podcast, they've been working throughout this year on a brand new 220 megahertz mobile transceiver for the amateur radio community. And I just got word the other day from my friend Tim at bridgecomsystems.com that my beta unit is going to be really, really soon getting here when you hear this episode. Now, of course, I'll be back to share with you all the great things that we're going to learn about this, this unit. But I can tell you this, if you do need some 220 gear, whether it's a handy talkie, the BCH, Dash 220 is a great rig. If you need a handy talkie for 220, they've got it. If you need a repeater for 220, they've got it. They also have repeaters for two meters, for 440, for LMR, for GMRS. They can be your one-stop repeater store. So make sure you check them out. Bridgecomsystems.com, one of our new sponsors here at the Photon Podcast. It's Kale, K4CDN. We're back with Sarah Tibbetts, a new, brand new YouTube sensation. You guys be checking her out. Kilo Delta 2 Golf Tango Mike. She is vlogging. Sarah is a college student in Rochester, and she is vlogging about her experiences in amateur radio, just like we podcast about our experiences here on Photime. She is vlogging. That's a new word. If you haven't heard it yet, you've heard it here first. V-L-O-G. It's a video blog, so you don't have to look to read it. You can just turn it on and watch it. And Sarah's been talking about a couple of different... She's got a couple of, couple of different... Got an introduction and number one, maybe a number two by the time this comes up. But tell us a little bit, Sarah, what made you decide... And I, I believe that you're a blogger anyway, but what made you decide to b- vlog about amateur radio? Yeah, so I have what's really struck me about the amateur radio community is just that the community. Um, so I, it was something simple as I was on QRZ one day and my, one of my radios, the, the speaker blew out and I needed a replacement part and was having trouble finding it online. So, you know, I posted it in QRZ and a, a ham messaged me and was like, hey, give me your address. I have it. I'll send it to you for free. And that was, I, I thought that was really awesome. And you don't really see that much. So, you know, I was kind of thinking about it and thinking about, hey, like, you know, the community is great. It would be really cool if there was a way to get more connected into the community and, and, you know, kind of share experiences, things like that. And so I was looking around trying to see if there were any amateur radio vlogs, and I found a few, but I felt like that there could be more and there could be something really towards the younger generation. And I thought that I possibly 
possibly had that to offer. And so that's what really encouraged me to start it. I mean, I've always wanted to do a blog since I was younger, but never really had anything to blog about. And so now I feel like that I have something that I find interesting and I think potentially other people will find interesting. It's the perfect time to start. Absolutely. Yeah. Grab the uh, bull by the horns. And and my podcast coach says all the time, you're never going to make a mistake if you never try. So, you know, getting out there and getting started is, uh, you know, pressing record is not too hard, but pressing the post button is the toughest thing to do the very first time. But uh, you've done very good. I've enjoyed both of your shows so far. Uh, Your introduction was nice and going through your gear. That was a really cool thing to do. I, I, that kind of shocked me. I was like, whoa, she has more than a handy talkie. She's got a, a, an HF rig here. And, um, you know, there, there's already been some guys saying they're, they're pretty jealous of your HF rig and the deal that you got at a local ham fest. So tell us a little bit about your gear that you, uh, that you use when you're on the air. Yeah, okay. So uh, my main handheld is a Yaesu VX6R, and I got that at a ham fest. Actually, most of my radios I got at a ham fest. Um, and that's my main handheld. I love it. I use it for a lot of different things, especially club-related things up here. Um, however, I, I really like VXing, so I knew I needed something with a little more power. And I, I can DX and use the machines that the amateur radio club at my school has, but I live off campus. It's it's not convenient. So uh, at the HamFest this summer, I looked around and found an ICOM IC730, and it was it was exactly what I wanted. It was the only radio there that met my requirements and was under like three hundred dollars. <laughs> so I was really excited about it. I uh, I, I didn't know much about it because it was an older radio, but I, I knew ICOM was a very good brand and looked into it kind of on my phone real quick and saw that the price looked good, even though the age and everything looked like it worked well and. And, you know, when I walked up to the table to talk to the guy about it, on the spot, he lowered the price. So it just worked out really well for me. And that's what I use now. And, um, you know, as for the antenna, that was my other big issue because, you know, at school, I'm living in an apartment. So antennas, apartments don't always go together well. And you'll see lots of posts about this, about people trying to find the best way to do it. But luckily, I live on the top floor in my apartment, which is the third floor. It's not that high. But it means that I can have an antenna out on my balcony without any complaints, at least so far. Fantastic. <laughs> and I use a, yeah, I use a hamstick dipole, and it's been totally fine. Cool. So you're you're making contacts. What's your favorite band? Uh, right now, I use Twenty Meters, um, just because that's that's uh, the hamstick that I bought. Um, it seemed like the cheapest. And, you know, a quick, dirty way to get into it. And then, you know, later on, I think I'll expand to more bands. But when I'm home, I only use 20 meters. Well, you know, 20 is my favorite personal band as well. So we, we've got that in common. I, I mean, where else can you go in the whole wide world? What other hobby can you can you have that you can turn the radio on on 20 meters and talk anywhere in the world on this side of the pond or the other? And it just it seems like it always works for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I find it amazing, and that's what really interests me, just the fact that, you know, you don't need to know anybody to be talking to someone halfway around the world in a matter of seconds. Yeah, and here's this random stranger from South Carolina having you on his podcast now as we talk about your experiences in amateur radio. Tell me, Sarah, do you operate, uh, do you do you do any digital, or are you just normal uh, single sideband kind of chatting right now? Uh, right now, it's mostly single sideband. Um, 
I've actually been trying to learn Morse code a little bit, but haven't done much with that. As for digital, I have not yet gotten into digital modes, but it's definitely something that I want to try, especially being of, you know, uh, electronics and software background. Um, so that's something that I'm planning to do in the upcoming year, but haven't yet. Fantastic. Well, you know, we just recently did a program on uh, traveling with your amateur radio gear for, say, business. And there were a lot of great hints and tips in there that someone in an apartment complex could use uh, because we talked a lot about operating at a hotel or a, a motel type situation. So maybe something there that can help you. But but one of the things I kind of gained from it was, uh, you know, a lot of people who live in an apartment feel like they're stuck. There's no way that they can operate uh, but you're making it happen. John Pugliano, who we had on last time, he's making it happen when he travels and staying in hotels. So, you know, I think it goes back to where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it it wasn't overly easy. I was, you know, I, I was posting on Cure Z a lot and kind of getting people's opinions. And a lot of people were like, oh, you need this, you need this, you need this. And I was, you know, looking into it and it was like $300 for the specific <laughs> antenna. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> um so it definitely had its pushback, but, you know, it just takes a little bit of trying things and, you know, playing around, um, and it works out. Fantastic. Well, we're, we're excited for you. You know, I remember my very first HF contact. I had a random wire. It was uh, just ab- about eight feet in the trees, and that that's all I had, maybe 103, 104 feet just stuck out there. And I just gave it a go. Heard some guys in North Carolina, and I called, and they said, "Hey, congratulations!" They looked me up, you know, on the Z real quick, and they're like, "You just got your ticket, man! Congratulations!" It was real. It was awesome, you know. And uh, being a part of the hobby, we're going back just a moment to uh, talking about a gentleman offering you a speaker for a problem that you had and and the uh the, the person selling the hf radio i have seen that so many times this hobby is one of the most giving hobbies i've ever participated in trust me i've had loads of hobbies uh but i've been really blessed in amateur radio to to make friends to have folks want to help you uh, they've been there and done that they have the spare gear to prove it and they really don't have a need for it so they don't mind sharing it uh it's been phenomenal and that really excites me that, that that continues to happen for folks every day in the amateur hobby. Uh, do you do you operate portable any? Do you take your 730 out of the house, or you normally just operate there inside your apartment? Um, occasionally I will. Um, we have field days here at, at RAT sometimes, and also uh, my family owns land about two and a half hours away from here that's still in upstate New York, and and I'll, I'll take it up there, and, and, and that's great because uh, the land's on this this hill with a giant valley, so you can get pretty far. Fantastic. But um, it's definitely something I want to get more into, but, you know, with the weather in Rochester, yeah. it's so predictable. So. Well, well, speaking of the weather, did you participate in Winter Field Day? No, I did not, actually. Well, I got a couple of hand- – I got maybe two handfuls of contacts. I just couldn't get it done. But they had a, a tremendous response, maybe the biggest winter field day ever this year, and congratulations to those guys. And, and there were folks operating in some very cold conditions, uh, much colder than I would have placed myself in if I would have had the choice. So uh, we're going to continue to talk to Sarah here. Her call, again, is Kilo Delta 2 Golf Tango Mike, and we're going to catch up with her some more about what – the stereotypes uh, and and all all aspects of the hobby that she's breaking through here with us on the Photon Podcast. Back in a bit. This portion of the Photon Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kenwood USA and MTCRadio.com. The broad spectrum of the Kenwood gear available at MTC is it's more than I've got time to share with you. But I, I've got some favorites 
You know, I just talked last time about the, the TMV-71A dual bander. I absolutely love the rig. The little single band, two-meter handheld, maybe the best handy talkie I own. It's amazing. In addition to that, you've got the TS-480 with a detachable face, full-blown, full HF tuner built in. If you don't want a tuner, buy the HX model, 200 watts out. And let's never forget the 590. Maybe the best receiver in its class in the market probably is. And you can, you've got questions. They've got answers. You've got gear needs. You call MTC. All right. MTCradio.com for all of your Kenwood needs. And make sure you let them know that Kel from Photime sent you. We're back with Sarah Tibbetts. Her call is Kilo Delta to Golf Tango Mike, and you can find her. Uh, I found the easiest place to locate Sarah online is Twitter, and it's twitter.com forward slash Kilo Delta to Golf Tango Mike. You guys need to check her out. Uh, she needs some more followers, so uh, you guys need to go to her, her Twitter page and check out her vlog. It's linked there. You, you can't miss it. It's very pink. You, you go to YouTube, you type her a call, you'll, you'll know that you're there. Sarah, again, thank you for being our first ever female college student on the uh, Photon podcast. Yeah, well, I'm really enjoying being here. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. I don't want to make too much or make it sound like it's uh, like we don't welcome women to the program or anything like that, but uh, a female college student that's licensed in amateur radio and actively participating in the hobby is not unheard of, but we really don't hear about it a lot, so we're excited to share this time with you. Uh, you got you say you went home and got your license, your first test, but you're also participating in a club there at your school. Tell us a little bit about your school club and uh, some activities that you guys participate in there. Okay, yeah. So my school club is K2GXT, and what's actually really neat about us is that we're the oldest active club on campus. So we've got a lot of history. Um, I'm currently serving as the vice president of the club and have been for the past school year. Uh, which has been really neat. Uh, we do a lot of things. Recently, uh, WXXI is one of the public radio stations up here. They gave us a tour, which was pretty neat. And it's been a lot of connecting with people, uh, volunteering. For instance, at the Rochester Marathon, we volunteered to do communication, um, things like that. Uh, we really try to get involved and just have fun with others that are involved in the hobby. So, you know, we'll meet every week. We'll go out for lunch, just talk about what we want to do, certain things, operate a little bit. We have a, a really good setup in our club room um, with two HF radios and lots of antennas on the roof, which we were very blessed for the school to let us do that. Um, and, yeah, we just really like making a presence on campus and having fun with it. Now, you're in a sorority as well, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. How, uh, how has amateur radio been accepted or, or been responded to from your sisters in your sorority? Well, most of the time when I tell someone that I'm in amateur radio and my sisters in the sorority included, they go, what's that? Or what music do you play on your station? And I'm like, well, that's not exactly how it works. Um, and it's, it's really just a process of explaining it to them and, and kind of saying like, hey, you, you see those big things sticking up on the roof on campus? Like, that's us. You know, that's what we do. We we try to talk around the world. There's a lot of different things that we do. You know, most likely one of your grandparents was involved in the hobby. Yeah. And, you know, they've, they've been really cool about it. They're, they'll be interested and, and, you know, supportive 
Um, I can't say that any of my other sisters are operators or are licensed, but I definitely think that they, they, what, what they like about the sorority is that everyone has different hobbies and this is just part of that. You know, it sounds like a good excuse for a special event call sign to celebrate the sorority's, you know, yearly birthday or something. Get your sisters out there on the radio operating. You know, that's a really good point. We're coming up on our 100th year, so. <laughs> ah, there, I can see the QSL card now. Bright pink, you know, Greek letters. It could be really cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that's actually a really great idea. It's something I should definitely look into. I should have joined a sorority. I'm just kidding, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's Kale. This K4CD, and we're talking with Sarah Tibbetts. Her call is Kilo Delta 2 Golf Tango Mike. Sarah is an engineering student at RIT in Rochester. And she's also a general class amateur operator who is involved not only with her school, but she enjoys uh, DX chasing and whatnot as well. So she's a ham just like all of us, except instead of going to the Golden Corral, I, I, this question has to be asked. Do you guys go to the coffee shop, uh, Taco Bell? Where, do you, where does the club hang out instead of the, the, uh, the, the big buffet like most amateur radio operators do? Uh, so there's this sandwich shop called DeBella's that we have up here, and that's our go-to. Almost every Saturday after our meeting, we will be seen there eating lunch. <laughs> See, guys, uh, it's all about food. They call, they don't call us hams for nothing, right? Yes, exactly. It's definitely all about food. I mean, uh, what's, what's kind of funny is Rochester Amateur Radio Club, which is rah-rah up here, They've, they're bribing us to do events by offering to buy us pizza. So <laughs> they know they know what gets to us. Yeah, they they know they were in college one day in the past as well. They know what it, how it works, right? Oh, definitely. That is awesome, fantastic. So, uh, was there anyone in your family, Grandpa, Uncle Joe, uh, anybody that you can look back in your family and find a, a communications? Uh, connection with or was just something you just saw on campus and decided to try it yeah it was really just something I saw on campus I mean I've tried looking back I've searched the databases trying to find evidence that someone in my family at one point of time was licensed in something and have not found anything so so I think I'm the first in my family but um I mean my, my dad's highly involved in electronics but he's never been into radio so that's where I got the electronic side of it. But, um, yeah, I saw it on school at, at school. It seemed really interesting and it seemed like it had a lot of potential and a lot of things you could do with it. And, you know, took a leap, studied a little bit, uh, and you know, took the test. All right. So everyone wants to know, what did you use to study for your license exam? I used ham study. Okay. By <laughs> and, and it worked, right? Definitely, and, and yes. it, it didn't. It didn't take. It didn't take three years, and uh, it didn't make you want to pull your hair out or anything. You studied. You learned the material. You passed the test, right? Yeah, that part for was, sure. Yeah, that was that part was for my wife. I wanted her to hear that. <laughs> Another female. Yeah, it's just what's nice about it, and what I tell people when they're thinking about getting involved is that every single question with every single answer that you could possibly get is all online. So you know, no surprises and. A lot of times that actually encourages people and makes people feel a lot better about doing it. And, you know, there's so many awesome apps. Ham Study, you're online. Um, I also use, I don't know what app it is, but some app for my phone. So if I was, you know, sitting on the bus or 
you know, just going someplace. I could just, you know, answer a few questions in my free time. And, you know, over time that adds up. It helps. When, when you're out of your apartment, do you take your handy talkie with you? Sometimes. Okay. Generally, it depends on who I'm going out with. Uh, I have a lot of friends that have it on them 24-7. Um, <laughs> they they have I, pocket protectors too, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> but, you know, with me, I, I, I'll take it, it you know, if, I, if I'm going to ham club or if I'm going to be with, you know, people where I think I might use it. But other than that, honestly, the biggest issue I have with it is that even with the clip, it doesn't. I wear a lot of dresses and it's very hard to wear on a dress because there's no belt loop. So that that is something you, you may have just stumbled into an entrepreneurial enterprise there uh, where you come up yeah. with some sort of uh cross cross body holster type bedazzled pouch to put your handy talkie in. Yeah. We'll talk after the interview. We'll get started on that real, right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> let me ask you this. Um, when when you're out and, and you have your handy talkie um, with your friends or without your friends, uh, what kind of looks do you get if, if someone you're standing there waiting for the bus and you happen to have your handy talkie and you make a contact with one of your friends from school? Uh, do, you, do you get the stereotypical look there? What is this girl doing? Is she a terrorist or, or why does she have a radio? Where's her where's her iPhone? You know, do you get that kind of that kind of look every once in a while? Honestly, I think. Because most of the time I'll be on campus, a lot of people think I'm just an employee of the campus. <laughs> um, you know, we've joked a lot of times about, you know, just dressing up in like vests and, you know, looking official and just, you know, with the radios being able to go wherever you want because people just assume you're supposed to be there. Um, so it's not a lot. It's a lot of just dismissal and I guess assumption that it's something else. I could see that. Yeah, you guys could put blue coveralls on, and you could be in the dean's office in a moment. Nobody would ever, oh, never blink. Easily. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, we're going to come back in just a minute. Continue this conversation with Sarah Tibbetts, our new friend here of the Photon Podcast. Her call is Kilo Delta Two Golf Tango Mike. Check her out on YouTube. She's vlogging now, guys. That means video blogging. You can find her at Twitter dot com forward slash Katie Two GTM. We'll be back with her in just a moment here on the Photon Podcast. You know, a lot of us, when we come into the hobby, we don't realize that there's more to it than two meters. And around here, 220 has become the stealth band. It's the band where the guys with the big stations hang around at night and chat about the DX that they're chasing all over the world. And you know what they're using to do that with? Their bridge comm systems, 220 megahertz repeater that we have installed for our club use. It's given us great service throughout this year and a half, two years of service. Encourage you guys to check them out if you have any 220 megahertz needs. It's Bridgecom with one M, BridgecomSystems.com. Yeah, kill K4CDN with Sarah Tippett's Kilo Delta 2 Golf Tango Mike. I'm saying her call over and over because I really want you guys to check her out. She is vlogging, video blogging about her experiences as a newly licensed amateur radio operator and a college student. So, uh, I don't know that if we have our next reality TV program on hand here, but uh, Sarah is gaining some traction there on YouTube and want to encourage you guys to check her out as well. Of course, we'll have all of her links to what she's doing on YouTube on our website, photimepodcast.com, in the show notes, so make sure you check those out. Uh, Sarah, we talked in episode number one about bringing youth into the hobby. 
We've talked about it probably seven or eight times since then. One of the times I can remember, we talked to KB6NU, our friend Dan Romancic, and uh, he had some great ideas about how to help get younger folks into the hobby. Uh, you are a younger folk. You're much younger than me, and you're an active participant in the hobby. What can you tell us from your experiences uh, can benefit us as we try to help the younger generation come understand and experience amateur radio? You know, in the area in Rochester where I am currently, there's quite a large uh, youth population, and I think that's because the the amateur radio club up here, Rara, is doing a lot of things right. Uh, for instance, the first thing they do is they host the tests at the school, which makes it really easy because a lot of college students don't have cars, don't have a way, you know, to get around. And you know, maybe people aren't in the college location, but if if you host the test someplace where younger people can get to, you'll have more people coming. And on top of that, what's really cool about RARA, and I know not everywhere would be able to do this, but they also, they host the test for free. So they entirely cover the cost of the test. Now, $15 is not a lot. Uh, Most people can afford that, but it's just another little push that I think, you know, brings people to do it if it's entirely free. And on top of that, which what is really cool is if you pass the test and you get your license, they will give you a bow thing. Um, so they give you yeah. a handy talkie right there, ready to go. Yeah, they do, and I have had quite a few friends that have done this and gotten their bow thing, and and they immediately get involved because they feel like they can. They have a channel to do so. We have the repeaters here at school, so they have you know a safe space that they feel like they can kind of you know play around, try it out, and you know they're not broadcasting to everyone in Rochester, it's more just, you know, close-knit university, other people their age. And I think that's what really keeps people comfortable and, you know, willing to start. Now, we're lucky because we're on a university campus. We have resources where we can do that. You can't do that everywhere, obviously. But just, you know, looking for little ways to even make things cheaper, make things more accessible, it really will encourage people to come. That is a brilliant... and. and I've got plenty of bow things. I'm not a really huge fan of them, but giving them to someone who gets their license, you're doing it for them. And like you say, especially with the club having their own repeaters, uh, you're not, you know, you're not a 19 year old female wondering about who this guy is on the other end of the repeater. You're right there talking to your classmates. That is a very, very interesting concept. I really like that. Yeah, no, I feel like it really, really works well here. And that's probably one of the largest reasons that we have such a large ham community in the college students here. So uh, you guys work with your with your, your classmates, uh, the, the club there. Do you have participants, uh, folks who are on faculty, on staff, or, the, or do you have amateurs there as well? Or is it just mainly you guys? Yeah, so uh, actually our, our manager he's on staff he's the sysadmin in one of our uh, majors and he largely helps the club he's also licensed uh he goes to a lot of events with us he'll actually set up a lot of events what's great is that you know he's kind of like a, a contact for us where he'll contact a lot of people that he knows in the hobby from rara from other things and you know kind of bring events or feedback back to us that we might not get otherwise which is really neat on top of that um 
he's not involved with the club so much, but uh, we are, our location is in the basement of our campus center. And there's a maintenance man, he's licensed, he stops by every time at lunch and just comes and talks and chats with us for like a half an hour. And, you know, he'll sometimes, if he's getting rid of something, you know, donate it to the club, things like that. Like we have a lot of support on campus with faculty and it, it's really great and it really helps us stay connected with the entire community. What, what is, we, we've talked about the benefits. We've talked about what we're doing right as amateurs to, to connect with you guys. You're female, so your, 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 your view of this is going to be, I think, even more credible than if it was a guy on campus answering this question. Where are we failing you? Where are we screwing up? and not making the proper connection with the youth of today versus when I came up in the 90s. We're in 2016 now. Where are we messing up when we're trying to to make the connection with you as a young amateur radio operator? Well, personally, I think there's a few ways. Like, for instance, I mentioned earlier that when I went to take my test for the first time, I got asked if I was in the right place. No one else that was standing there got asked that. And you know, to me, I I shake it off and I'm like, okay, whatever, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, somebody else, that might turn them away. They might be like, okay, you know what, I guess not, and just leave. Um, the same thing with two separate instances at Hamfest. I've had things like that happen where, you know, they, they just assumed I wasn't licensed. And, and it's it's not meant to be hurtful, but it, it can come off to someone as you're not taking them seriously simply because of maybe the way they look, because of their gender, because of their age, for various reasons. And that can turn a lot of people away from the hobby and turn them off of it. Hmm. So you don't have a pink em- emblazoned name tag that you wear to Hamfest? Not yet. I was actually looking into getting, like, right now what's really popular is necklaces with your name. Right. And, uh... I was looking into getting one with a call sign, but all of these places that manufacture them can't put a number in the middle of the letters for whatever reason. So, <laughs> right. so I've been kind of looking around, thinking of something else to do. But currently, nothing yet, but I'm working on I it. I got you. And no trucker hats with your call or anything like that? Nothing? No. Okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I don't have one of those either, by the way. Um I, I I won't go down that road, but that that's just one of the things, you know, our, our older guard wears is their name tags everywhere that are made out of plastic and cut out with their letters, you know, but, but I, I don't have one. That's okay. I've got a face made for radio and I've got my face on my little name tag. I hang around my neck as a chain or whatever you call it. But yeah, so we need to take, we need to take your involvement more serious and give credit where credit's due. You've passed your test. You're a licensed amateur. You're on equal footing with me. I'm 42. You're not. You will be one day, but you're not for a long time. Um, but you're experiencing and enjoying the hobby just like I am. Um, if I were going to set out today to try to develop a way to uh, gather more youth into the hobby, what would be some, we, we've talked about some of the presuppositions. What are some of the things that you would say, hey, Kel, this would be a good idea. Try this, try that. Uh, kind of goes back to what the school does for you with the club, but any other ideas that you may have? Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, tell people about the hobby. I didn't even really know that it existed until I was in college. That's, you know, 17 years of my life that someone could have told me about it, but never did. And, you know, so the biggest thing is to just, you know, go host some school events or, you know, 
get your kids involved or do something for Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. I've seen a lot of things like that. Just kind of spreading the word that the hobby exists and, you know, showing that there's cool events that you can go to is honestly, I think, the best place to start. Do you have any uh, any desire to participate in, in weather, uh, storm-chasing kind of uh sky-worn things do you do any of that or are you just you just more of a, a dxer um right now i'm still mostly trying to like find my place find what i have time for with school and what interests me um i've never done anything like skyworn but i'm definitely not opposed to it it's something that i think i'll look into right now i've just felt like you know time-wise i've had to pick one thing and that one thing so far has been dxing fantastic sarah it's been a blast having you on really really appreciate it i don't think that this will be the last time we hear from you at least i hope not uh most especially as your vlog continues to grow and uh, you're sharing with us uh, your experiences as an amateur radio operator uh, a, a young female college sorority sister amateur radio operator and that's really exciting so thank you again for your time and uh, we hope to have you back on whenever you'd like yeah, well, this was great, and I really hope to be back. Fantastic. Guys, you can find Sarah online. Uh, is, is really that the best place to find you on, on Twitter? Yes, definitely. Okay. Right now, Twitter and YouTube. Twitter and YouTube, and it's both forward slash and her call, and that call is Kilo Delta 2 Golf Tango Mike. Her name is Sarah Tibbetts, and hey, when you check her out on YouTube, let her know you heard her here on the Photon Podcast. Sarah, thank you again. We can't wait to have you back. Yeah, thank you for having me. And that's going to wrap number 45. I'm Kale. Thank you for continuing to strive with me here with this voice thing I've got going on. But, hey, it is what it is. It's episode 45, the Photon Podcast. Everything we talked about today, we're going to have in the show notes. So make sure you check it out, photonpodcast.com. If you know someone younger than you, someone in their youth, in their 20s, that may be interested in the amateur radio hobby, play this, share this episode with them. So that they can hear, hey, there's actually, not only are there young people, there's young females interested in, in participating in the hobby. Now, Sarah Tibbetts is awesome. You need to go check out her vlog. It's on YouTube. Search her call. Go to YouTube. Type in Kilo Delta 2 Golf Tango Mike. And it'll come up. Pink bedazzled QSL card there. Make sure you check it out. Leave her some comments. Subscribe to her channel. Participate with her. She wants to participate with you. Big shout out to our friends at the RIT radio club and what they're doing up there locally for those young people is awesome i encourage you to go back and listen to the show again maybe even send it to people that you're in your local club with if you guys are looking for some ideas to help spur growth with the young folks in and around your community okay i appreciate it my voice is about gone but thank you guys so much for listening god bless you we'll be back next time all right keep it locked y'all 73 Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing to Photime, the other ham radio podcast, presented by mtcradio.com. To subscribe, comment, share, or review, visit our show site at photimepodcast.com. Till next time, 73, y'all.